Good morning, and welcome to Jew in the City Speaks with your host, Allison Josephs, also known as Jew in the City. For our longtime listeners, you are aware that at Jew in the City, we like to tell the stories about Orthodox Jews that often don't make it to the media. Um, and over the years, our mission has expanded to not just show the people outside the Orthodox community all the healthy, positive ways that you can be religious, but to actually show people that grew up within the Orthodox community but had a bad experience there um, all the healthy, positive ways to be religious. Um, one complaint that you know we get sometimes is the lack in certain places of Orthodox Jews getting a chance for self-expression, for creativity, for art. Um, there's no reason to think that um, this should be a contradiction to Torah and Judaism. In fact, as far as I understand it, and some rabbis that you know I've studied understand it, it's really um, a partnership with uh, with God. I don't have this source inside, but I have heard it quoted before. I should really try to get it one day inside. Rev Cook, I was told, it was said in his name, that um, Hashem left the world unfinished so that artists could um, kind of partner with him to finish off the world and be creators ourselves. So um, as a woman that always had a flair from the dramatics, and that was just in terms of dealing with my parents or my life in general, to also being in school shows and dance recitals and that sort of a thing. Um, I think I also wondered how that part of myself would fit into an observant Jewish life because there certainly are modesty concerns. Um, Shomer Nagia, Kolisha, um, you know, scheduling with uh, non-Jewish uh, theater productions could be a problem for Shabbos or for Yom Tov. So it's not to say that there are no uh, issues to consider, but at the same time, um, there's plenty of reasons why it can't all work. So for myself, um, I really kind of put aside my um, spotlight acting side for um, many years to just go out and be a quote-unquote normal for a woman. Um, and then as I saw um, YouTube was kind of coming onto the scene and that social media was this thing that was kind of getting invented and there was a chance to sort of use my hammy um, sort of performing side to express the kind of deeper spiritual side and ideas that I had. I saw it was really a great way to marry um, both parts of myself and, you know, do something which I, I hope is positive and productive for Israel. But in this position, um, we get a decent number of requests over time. You know, what else can people do? What can my daughter do? What can I do to, you know, have an outlet um, to perform, to be creative, to express myself. Um, and so we recently found out about Women in Theater, which is a theater troupe for women in Israel. Um, and we are delighted to speak to the managing director, Inoska Ravid, today. She's been working in the fields of education and business management for 20 years. She runs a successful preschool and an acclaimed acting program for children. She has a strong background in community and repertory, repertory theater. And as a member of her former repertory company, Ninovska works in all aspects of stage production, from lighting to costumes to staging and starring roles. She has brought her expertise to both backstage and center stage of WIT production. Ninovska, thank you so much for joining us today. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. So um, I guess, to, you know, to get started, like, let us know, um, well, sort of a little bit about yourself, like where you started off in life. Um, you're in Israel now, but did you be, start off in Israel? Did you start off religious? Were you a lifetime actor? 
Well, I was always a, a little bit of a ham, <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> but uh, I there's a certain common thread that uh, Latin that America. people in the spotlight have. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I started off in Latin America. My family um, comes from a long line of Spanish Jews, and we moved to America when I was a small child, around six years old. And, you know, I was placed in my first production um, in first grade, believe it or not. And, you know, it just stuck. I was actually a shy child, and it was actually a way for me, having spoken two languages, um, for me to learn English, and the theater just, you know, it, it was like my, my life, my livelihood, every, everything. It was just, it spoke to me on so many levels. My family had a lot of customs and traditions, Murano traditions that we kept. You know, we didn't meet, mix meat and milk together. And, um, you know, there were certain, bra- not brachas that we said, but there are certain uh, specific customs that my mother had. Actually, one of the funniest things I tell people is we had to, um, clean the meat before we could cook it. We literally had a board for salt and, so, you know, for soaking the meat in um, in salt, and then we would drain it and let it drain. And this was, like, in New York City. I could have, like, technically walked around the corner to, like, the nearest kosher butchery and, like, purchased, you know, kosher meat. But we were taking our meat and we were doing this because these are one of the customs that we had uh, growing was it, up. You doing so this with I kosher came, meat, not kosher meat? You were salting yeah, trace meat? No, we were, do, we were doing this with trace meat, which is hysterical. To, you know, I mean, I'm, I, I'm an observant like today. I, I made matzo pizza with pepperoni on top, so I guess we... Yeah, we, there you go. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah, but you had to have the matzo, of course, because it was pesach. Yeah, so same thing. thing. We, yeah. That's a new one. I like that. I'm going to add we, this to my repertoire now. <laughs> <laughs> so we had to, you know, salt and soak the, you know, clean the meat before we can cook it. Um, and then as I, as I started becoming older, I, I had to ask myself a question, you know, well, what do I believe, you know, in terms of God? It, the, the question was sparked by my taking a Greek and Roman mythology course, and I just thought it was, you know, hysterical. Um, I was like 12 years old, and I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, they thought that these were gods. How ridiculous is that? But then I said, well, well, what do you actually think, and what do you believe? And I was a child of the library, and I went and I read up on every religion, and the one that I honestly said I fell in love with Judaism because, of course, my neshama was calling out to me. And, you know, I started pursuing a, a Jewish lifestyle at a very young age and mm. continued throughout, you know, adulthood and slowly but surely, you know, there's a path that we all travel on, and I came back to Judaism. And I'm proud to say that, you know, I have a family here in Israel and, you know, observant family. And my husband came to religion through me, in, in you know, he's an Israeli guy and was very spiritual, but no practical, you know, um, practices in his family other than, you know, Shabbat and, you know, the Chagim. And uh, it, was a, it was a lovely path that we traveled together. And with that, you know, I was studying theater and um, throughout, you know, my, my college and my high school and college life. And there came a point where I had to make this decision because I was constantly being offered jobs in with little local theater companies, either little small parts or, or I would do like a lot of the lighting for them, which was a great way to make some quick, you know, money because it's a very technical type of position. And... Um, I would you know, obviously be asked to do shows on Shabbos, and there came a point where I had to just say no. And I remember that moment. It was very hard for me because I realized, oh, boy, am I going to have to stop now 
because I can't do this on Shabbos. I don't want to do this on Shabbos, but I have this love for the theater, every aspect of it from, you know, creating something from the bottom up. And, um, you know, it, it was a choice that, that I made, and I was, you know, was happy to do it, moved on, started having children. And then when we made Aliyah, I was very fortunate to make Aliyah to Modi'in, and um, Women in Theater was started by two amazingly talented women here in, um, in Israel. Um, two years before I came on board, it was started in 2008, and I joined in 2010. The director, one of the directors that works with us, uh, the director and founders of the company is uh, Penina Fredman Schechter. She's a co-founder. She actually taught at NYU, and she worked off-Broadway, and and has a, an amazing an amazing background in in theater. Also, she is an observant, you know, woman herself, and she was able to find that balance within teaching and uh, and working, and you know, having you know moved to Israel, it makes it a lot easier to be able to do that. And the other person is uh, Tamar Klansman, who has a background in musical in music, and she studied here in in uh, Bar Ilan and always had a passion for music and wanted to, to start something. So there was a shuduk made between the two of them, and then the shuduk, shuduk between, you know, the three of us, and, and one thing led to another. And I'm very proud to, to be part of this fantastic team. And that's a little bit about my background, but Women in Theater itself is an amazing company that provides a platform for women who are observant, to be able to perform, and our goal is to be able to create quality um, pieces of, you know, quality productions that are of the caliber. You know, many people will, will say to us, you know, oh my gosh, it's like I, I went to a, a great off-Broadway production. I had no idea what I was coming into, and I, I did not expect it to be as professional. And, you know, the first time they come to see a show of ours, you know, they're a little bit jaded, and they say, oh my gosh, it's only women. How good can it really be? And, you know, why is it only women and all of that? And then they come to see a production, and very quickly they forget that it's only women, and they forget, and they just realize that they're just coming to see a fantastic production. We have many people who are part of our troupe that they're not, most of the women are observant, but we have women who actually come to be part of our group because they want to be part of, like, the sisterhood. They want to be in a place where it's, you know, supported by women, and they feel comfortable and confident and... and they're not restricted in, in, in certain ways, and they can just relax. And because there's a way that you, with this community, that, that you have to behave or, or, or be careful and cautious. Even women who are not observant will, will say, you know, I, I come here and I just, the energy is just amazing. But above all else, it's providing a place for these women. Like, you know, when you mentioned, you know, you, you always love performing. What can you do? What you know, Hashem gives us these gifts, you know, He gives us this talent and, you know, wants us to, you know, hopefully, I, I personally believe we, we should be able to have a place where we can, you know, express ourselves within the, the confines of, you know, the, the Torah world and still, you know, be able to just be these fabulous performers that, uh, that we are. So, like, let's get down to sort of like the nuts and bolts of women in theater. Um, how, 
like how big of an organization is it? How you know many productions are you doing per year? How many people are are watching these productions per year? Like, what does that look like? So we this year we we we're doing two productions. We just came off of a run of Our Town, which is you know the classic you know Thornton Wilder um, play that many people study in in school and put on, and we're also putting on um, an original uh, story told to Broadway favorites in March. Uh, last year we did Fiddler, uh, Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. We've done about eight performances so far. We usually do one major show a year, but this year we actually were able to do two. And each show has a cast of anywhere from 50 to about 65 women mm-hmm. in, on, in all ages ranges, range. We hold auditions uh, typically once a year. And we audition, you know, people will come and, and not everyone is accepted uh, yeah. because it is, it is really the best singers, dancers, actors are, are selected from, from groups, from the women. And we have women come from all over, you know, uh, Israel, you know, within our, you know, Mercada, the, our area here to come in and try out. And these women come two or three times, sometimes four times an evening a week in the evenings to, to rehearsals over the course of anywhere from four to five months mm-hmm. during the actual rehearsal phase of it. And um, we are a nonprofit organization here in Israel with uh, an outlook of we want to be able to incorporate an educational aspect to every production. So within every show, we find a way of incorporating something, you know, about Israel, learning about the country, the culture, the language, uh, or something about Judaism. So we try to bring something uh, over and above the, the, the performance aspect of it. We, we bring that into, into the, each production. So, like, can you give me an example, like, for our town, like, what, what's the educational piece to that? Like, what would you add in to, to make that? So um, Tamar Krantman-Weiss, who I, I mentioned before, who's one of the co-founders, uh, she actually deals with the um, education. She does a fantastic job. And she gave the most outstanding uh, course on comparing the times at that point in Israel to the time frame uh, that the, the play was written, what was going on with the women and society and family life in America compared to what was going on here, um, some of the interesting changes that occurred as a result of, of that time and, and the fact that uh, you know, women were not able to, in America, they really couldn't own property at that time and they weren't able to vote and their rights were very limited, whereas if you took a look at them, you know, in Israel at that time, what was happening, women were, were more of leaders, and they, they, there were kibbutzim that were started just by women, and it was just amazing and, and outstanding. I mean, we, we're posting, we're about to post some of the, the actual lectures and things that were done on our website so that people can go back and, re- and reference them. But, I, you know, everyone said, you know, I'm... I attended these uh, these lectures, and at the end, I was like, "Wow, that's really interesting." I had no idea. It, it just it opens up another side of of learning about either you know Israel, Judaism, and women, and our contribution to society and and um, and culture. Also, cool. Um, and so, how do you handle the um, the fact that it's just one gender? I'm saying, obviously. Women dress up as men and nobody cares. You said, like, it's just 
at first maybe people have yeah. some reservations, it's but really, then they see it and and they it. forget. And then they really, um, first of all, because we try very, I try very hard when I do the costuming. You know, everyone has like this joke for Fiddler. They were they were going to kill me, the women, because they I glued beards on them. We bought wonderful, you know, theatrical beards, and they actually had to apply them before every show. And you know, there are a lot of little tricks that you do in terms of costuming. And you know, Fiddler was great because you know we were able to put the tzitzit on top of everyone, and you know, and and the they had wigs that are made just for men. They're male wigs. So we actually yeah. costume them and we do stage makeup to make them physically look as much as possible um, like men. And then a lot of it has to do with how you walk and how you talk and how you sit. And, and there's a lot of uh, work that goes into the rehearsal process to help women learn, okay, well, you know, you can't really sit and, you know, cross your ankles the way you're doing that because you're a man. <laughs> so you have to sit a little bit differently, walk a little differently, uh, lower the register of your voice, you know, um, where you place your hands and, and all of those things. We had in the theater when we were performing in Jerusalem, the um, custodian came in at one point to give something over to the director, and he said, you know, he's handing her something, he goes, wait, but I thought you guys were, like, all women. And she's like, yes, we are. And he goes, well, why do you have men on your stage? And she goes, those are women. And they're having this conversation in Hebrew, and it's hysterical, because he's like, my big home, what? You know, he's like, what? He could, just could not believe it. He, just, he really, he could not believe it. And it wasn't that he was so far back in the, in the audience that you know, he couldn't see. He was actually, he could see, and he's like, wow. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so you, you'd be surprised what you can what you can do and what you can achieve if you take a look at some of the photos uh, on our website. You'll see that you know they really actually look like men. Mm. What about so that, that's that how we get around? There's non-observant women that are uh, part of the production. Would you say any of them have a a different impression of Orthodox Jews? Um, no. Yes. It's always wonderful because, you know, especially here, you know, in, in Israel, the secular and the, the non-secular, and, and they come to, to women in theater because they're looking for some place to perform and we offer them, you know, an exciting production. And they're curious is always the questions and, oh, why do you do this and why do you do that? And after a while, it just becomes like, oh, wow, you're just like us, or it's regular, or, oh, that makes sense. And there, there's a certain, you know, sense of, of, of respect that's, you know, that's given in both directions. But I really feel that it's a wonderful opportunity for, for non-religious women to see religious women are just the same as everyone else. And many times I will say to them, you know, I have the, the benefit of being able to, you know, walk amongst and, and talk to them. And, and I say, look, she's a lawyer. And she has five kids at home. You know, right. she runs her, you know, own business. And, you know, she does this. And all of these women that are coming are so accomplished in their own right. You know, yes, we, you know, even, you know, being a stay-at-home mom is an accomplishment, you know, to be able to get out of your house in the evening and have your, your home and family misudar to be able to come out and say, okay, now I can, you know, have this evening to myself and, and do what I need to do. And they're always very impressed by that because, you know, there's, there's a certain stereotype and, and they don't realize, you know, the secular women sometimes that, you know, this observant woman 
has a full plate just like you do, and she's working full time or you know or taking care of her home full time and doing everything else that you're doing, plus she probably has like you know three or four more kids than you do <laughs> and and they're always like very impressed and very quickly the the labels sort of kind of fall away, and it's not it's no longer oh you're the tea I'm not it's oh we're just all here together women who you know, are sharing this this common goal, and um, and then they, you know, it, it leads a very nice impression. And most importantly, going along that line, one thing I always say is, you know, in this day and age, as, as observant, you know, modern Orthodox, you know, women in the community, we have a lot of influences from the outside world because, you know, we really are part of the, the world. You know, we're not so isolated. And our young children today are, you know, they're seeing so many different people that may not necessarily be the, the, the best role models for, for them, so, you know, with social media and everything. However, when they're part of our theater company, one thing that I see on a yearly basis that is so important, these young girls, they're coming there in the evening and they're participating in this production, in our various productions, and the role models that they're actually seeing are modern, observant women who are lawyers and doctors and, and you know, they have businesses and, and, and successful careers and children at home, and they're observant and they're coming in the evenings and they're performing and they're living their dreams. They are creating something that is beautiful, that is part of a community, and they're all doing this within, you know, the, 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 the basket of, of, of Torah-observant life. And these girls are seeing this, and this is something that, you know, they're young kids, and, and they may not consciously, you know, think about it, but it does resonate with them. And this is the type of, these are the types of women and, and role models that I personally want my daughters to see, and I would love, you know, my, my friends and, and, and all these other young children to see on a daily basis. Someone who is living a Torah-observant life, but at the same time has, you know, living a, a successful secular life, you know, in terms of work and, and what, else has, what else they have to do. And then also, you know, living their, their dreams, being able to, to fulfill their desires and, and showcase their, the gifts that they've been given. For sure. So I think that uh, you know, an impression that I had about being a religious Jew before I was observant was that it was stifling and it was about all the things that you couldn't do. And as I learned more, I realized how much more space there was within the box um, and how much value it added to an already nice life. And, you know, wherever this message can kind of be um, repeated or reinforced, um, it's really exactly what, what we want to do here. What would you say the split um, of your participants are between Balchuva versus from, from birth? Um, I would say that the majority of them are from, from birth. Mm-hmm. And yeah, probably about, let's say, 75% amongst the from, you know, 75, 25%, something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in terms of... Um, in terms of, are people coming with any training beforehand? Are these all self-taught people? Do they take lessons? Like, where can a kid in Israel nowadays, you know, go to dance class, uh, singing class, 
acting classes. There, is there yeah. any formal way for a girl to be trained um, yes. and understand so, what? So, well, many many of the women do have training, and some of them have training, um, you know, in in you know college, mixed colleges, mixed groups, and um, they have found their way back. Um, to you know this type of genre, and in terms of for young girls, we have we're very very fortunate here in that there's so there's so much available for for you know young girls who want to have singing, dancing, um, acting um, training in a in a uh, all girls you know all female type environment. You know I know that you know in Beit Shemesh here in Montein in Jerusalem. Um, all over, there are just tons and tons of classes. Uh, there's a there's an actual school that is just for the arts, and it's women only. It's a, it's an observant, you know, the T observant school that you know teaches uh, music and singing and dancing and and, and everything. Um, all of the most of the um, public um, open outs, the girls' uh, high schools, have like a major. That is either drama or theater, or, you know, drama, theater, dance. Um, so you have all of these young girls can actually take these classes here in the you know public to tea high schools, and so there's there's just so much available here. It, it's so beautiful to see. You know, I, I feel that um, that's something that we excel at over here. Love it. So where can our listeners who want to learn more about your a production company organization go to find out more go to our website at www.womenintheater.com and we list on there our upcoming productions and shows and uh, what's new with us and you can add yourself to our mailing list we'll be happy to send out we send out periodic uh, newsletters about the you know different shows that are coming up and what we have what what educational aspects we have going on um, and, you know, if anyone's on Facebook, they can like our Facebook page, which is Wit Modine. And they'll be able to, to see us there. And they'll be able to get updates there. Our ne- the next show that we have coming up, as I said, is a musical that's going to be in March. And it is very unique in that it's an original story that's told through Broadway, you know, song, Broadway favorite songs. And it tells the story of three best friends through all stages of life from childhood into old age. Uh, there are no added scenes. The songs that we've chosen, it speaks, it speaks for themselves, and it tells the story. It explores the six different stages in a woman's life, childhood, teen, becoming a teen, college, love, marriage, motherhood, career, and older adulthood, which basically means it has about 18 leads, and it just basically gives uh, really a whole entire cast of women the opportunity, talented women of all age, to shine. So this particular production has uh, 60 women in it. That's not counting our backstage, you know, people who make costumes and sets and, and all of the technical aspect that goes along with it. Very cool. Actually, one number I forgot to get for you that I, I would also love to hear, um, and we have about a minute left to go. So um, how many women are seeing these productions on average, on an average year? About 3,000. Yeah. Wow. Anywhere from 3,000. That, and that's just like for our major show. And then we'll do yeah. smaller events throughout the year, like, you know, Yom Yushalayim, Yom HaShoah, things like that. So then we can anywhere add on, you know, another, you know, 1,000 to 2,000 throughout the year. All right, beautiful. Really well, thank you so much for joining yeah. us today, Nunosca Ravid from Women in Theater. Thank you so you much. Them. 
Thank you. Find them online, find them on Facebook. Thank okay. you. Thank you for everything. I'm a big fan girl of uh, Jew in the City, and I just love everything that you do, and, and it's just really thrilling for me to, to be on the show with you. Thank you so, so much, Allison. Okay, all the best, and thank you for listening. You can catch us same time, same place next week. Bye-bye.